Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, from the UK, the founder of Many Hashes, the founder of Men's Only Hash, the founder of the Hash Founders Hash, and a man who started hashing in Hong Kong. Welcome on the podcast, Lord Deep Throat. Welcome. Tell us when and where and how you started hashing. Hong Kong, 1977. Southside Hash, or the Royal Southside Hash, it was, it was then known. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Do you so, remember who uh, took you there? I took myself there, I think. I think the guy I actually talked about it is perhaps passed on there. I don't even remember his name. Uh, on run number five of the Southside Hash in Hong Kong, and I guess they're up to a million and two now, so I'll tell yeah. you how old I am. Did you run with any of the other Hong Kong hashes then? Only under duress. No, it was always the men only, basically, in Hong Kong. It was a men only hash, the Royal Southside Hash. Mm. So yes, I used to run with them, and I ran with them right up to 1980, and we did the first away trip to Macau at that time. It was on a ferry, because there was no bridge in those days. In fact, I think Hong Kong was now merged with Peking. It's all one big road, but in those days, they were separate entities. Wow. Are there any other hashers you know from those days that are still hashing? You know, once you drift away from people, 1970 is uh, 50 years ago now. There was a half-hearted attempt to keep the thing going back in the UK, and we did have a couple of reunions with them, but that's all drifted apart now. It's all sort of not turned to rat shit, but basically just drifted away. So the the bottom line basically is, no, there isn't anybody now, apart from those that I know on the internet, one or two. What are some of their names? We can track them down, see if if their stories agree with yours. Arthur Hick... What is this, an interrogation or something? It's a research project, and you're part of it. This is a police corps. I want to see if these these stories cross-check. Uh, Arthur Hickman, he ran the UK chapter of the, the Hong, South Island Hong Kong hash, which he ran in the UK. But a lot of the guys I know from the times that I went to there, I lost track with them when I left Hong Kong. And so I can't say that I've kept in touch with them at all. You know, I just started new hashes when I came back to the UK. Let's talk about your hash name. You're not the only deep throat. There are many deep throats. I've already interviewed the drinking champion from New Zealand, the interhash drinking champion called Deep Throat. How'd you get your name? Well, I guess it's because I play the guitar and sing and do the hash songs. But it has been escalated because I do a lot of uh, broadcasts and, well, I did a lot of broadcasts and did a lot of documentaries. And as a result of that, got the MBE from Her Good Old Majesty in the UK. So I've never been elevated to Lord Deep Throat. <laughs> yeah, well, there's only one of those, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Deep Throat Kiwi is the drinking, Interhash five-time drinking champion, so he got it from... Yes, well, he's one, he's one of the plebs now, because you're talking to Lord Deep Throat. I guess he's one <laughs> of the plebs. my shoes if I pass down that way, if he can get in the goddamn country. Yeah. <laughs> I will make sure I label this with the proper honorarium title. Good. Did that naming occur in Hong Kong? No, the, I, I can't remember what my name was in Hong Kong, but I was actually renamed that in the Wirral and Chester hash, which I started. I used to play the guitar quite a bit, so I guess it was the Wirral and Chester hash, which is based around uh, the Liverpool environments in the UK, which I started in 1987. Is that where you landed in the UK after Hong Kong? No, no, Kong? no, I, I came back to Gloucester in 1980 after leaving Hong Kong and ran with the 
Cheltenham and Cotswold hash, which is quite an ancient hash in the UK for quite some time. And then I got a job invite to go to Chester, Liverpool. And when I was up there, decided that I would start the hash called the Widow and Chester hash. There was a guy called BJ Tudor who had wrote, wrote a line in a hash directory that there was a Liverpool hash or was interested in hash, and we hadn't done anything about it. So I grabbed a hold of that in February 1987 and founded the Widow and Chester hash, which is still going. <laughs> Probably still the same people in it as well. You brought the traditions of Hong Kong and the first place you landed in the UK. Was that a men's only hash? No, 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 no. When I landed in the UK back in Gloucester, I rejoined the family hash called the Cheltenham and Cotswold hash. I ran with them as a nondescript plebeian in the ranks. I didn't take any sort of major part in it other than running around like a lunatic. When you started the hash, what traditions did you say, okay, these are the ones I'm bringing? Were they Hong Kong? Were they from the No, they weren't, they, they, they weren't Hong Kong. They, I guess I was in the mid-40s then. So it was basically a question of getting people that like to run, not specifically laying out any rules, just basically a hash. This is what we do. We started a pub. We lay off uh, lots of runs. And a lot of guys, people at that time, when I started the hash, the RA as was at that time, Pete Gillespie, uh, Peter Pan as he's now known, and his missus Barbara, they they were marathon runners. <laughs> the first one we ever did in the UK was on the Wirral. It was split between me and Brian Tudor, who we co-haired that particular hash and we were both hashers, and we we both laid about eight miles each. So by the time they all came back, they were all knackered because it was about 16, a 16-mile hash. So it was a good job. Some of the people that were running were actually, in the very commas, athletes. <laughs> How long did you stay in the world? So 1993, and then came back to Gloucester. 1994, so came back to Gloucester, and then continued to do a little bit of hashing with the Cheltenham and Cotswold hash. In 1998, had the brainwave to start a men-only hash, and it's called MOH3, men-only hash. Took a lot of guys from the co-ed hash, and we met once a month, uh, the first Friday of the month, and we had a musical session, quite a lot of singing in that. And then we also went away on tour every year, so for the last 20 years until this bloody stupid COVID crap come along, we ended up going away on tour and having tour shirts and that around Europe. A lot of the places we went to were places that were not yet becoming the, the major tourist spots. So 2000, we went to Amsterdam, 2001, Prague, Lithuania. And then year by year, we started knocking off the different countries that we went to, usually with a hash on the other end when we went on these trips. Do you have any idea how many trails you've been on? No. Next question. <laughs> Okay, we'll call it a couple thousand, 50 years. We've reached the part of your history where you started MOH3. Have you stayed in Gloucester? Yes, I mean, oh, yes, I have. That's been going. I mean, it, you know, people fall off the edges. Some people come, some people go. Personality changes and stuff like that. But that is still a, an active once a month men only hash. 20 years ago, we were full of piss and vinegar. So a lot of people are now, they don't run quite so much now, and there's a social aspect of it. And in fact, there's a mini mohash now started up, um, which runs into Wales, because some of our guys came up from Wales 
because we're on the borders of Wales and Gloucester, do that of, a, of an afternoon. So we have a token hash, but mostly uh, a few drinks around the place. And have you held the reins of organizing that for much of that time? Up to about 10 years ago. Then I, I thought it was time to pass it on to somebody else, get that somebody else have a go. So, yeah, so from about 1998 till about the year 2003 or four, we used to call it the non-GM because the mandate, if you like, or the, the charter of the men-only hash was to be an anti hash if you like there was no gm there was a non-gm everybody was a gm in the hash all the runners were gms oh and there was no down downs and there was no rules and we just didn't follow the normal hash tradition we inverted it we turned it upside down it's still the tradition that the the guy who runs if you like an inverted come was the hash the men only hash is a non-gm and no ra was needed no RA was needed. No, we don't, we don't have an RA as such. Usually the non-GM, according to his, uh, he gets up and gives a bit of a spear at the beginning. It, it's tended to drift a bit towards being a little bit more traditional than I first started it, which was like a, a really rebellious hash, if you like. It was good because you used to give the guys who were perhaps married up or on their own or something a, a chance to get out once a week, have a good time, you know? Yeah. So in addition to your MOH3 annual trips you, around Europe, you've gone to some of the big events in Europe and the world, right? Yes. Have you been to Interhashes? Yeah, Interhash in Malaysia. I guess that was 98, was it? I can't remember. That now. was the last one they did, yeah. And then Eurohashes in Brussels. Have you been back to Hong Kong? Or well, I, I went back to Hong Kong and I passed through the early 90s. Hong Kong's a place like a bucket of water. You put your hands in it. It makes a big impression while your hands are in, but as soon as you leave, it closes over. And <laughs> it's never the same again, you know? Ah, yeah. You spent most of your life in the UK, but you've connected to hashers worldwide as part of the HashL list, right? You're on there. Well, yes, but I mean, oh, the other thing I forgot to mention is that with my... Creativity back in 1986, I decided to form an elite hash because the internet was in its infancy then. So I actually started the Hash Founders Hash, uh, and I'm hat number one. And the objective of the Hash Founders Hash is that the only people who can join it, and it is a virtual hash because it's worldwide, are people that have actually founded hashes. Not people who have said, I'm, I'm number two, or yes, I'll join in, but the person, it should be, anyway, the person or persons that simultaneously said, you know what, why don't we create, why don't we have a hash in Toronto, because there isn't one. The hash founder's hash is based on the creativity of somebody who decides that he wants to start a hash. And to identify those people, I had manufactured hats. So everybody that joins the worldwide hash founders hash, because they're a founder of a hash, gets a hat number. And they were supposed to be called hat number one right through to hat whatever it is. So, And they're unique, these hats, because they're not reissued. So when you are a member of the hash founders hat, you get a uniquely numbered hat. I ran that for quite some time. It was then taken over at Has for a while, and Ian Belton for a little while. I passed it on about three years ago to Ifield Tower, a.k.a. Walter Moore. Yep. Um, who, who's you know making a good job of it? So yes, I said I think the hash founders hash is probably as important really in the hash in history as any other hash I actually founded.
Yeah. Any idea how many there were when you were sort of keeping track? Well, I'm still members? keeping track because the hash vendors hash is on the internet, and what more keeps every, everybody who's a hash vendors can meet together on the internet or on the hash list. There is a hash vendors hash. Yes, there's. I think it's now up to two hundred and thirty odd or two hundred and seventy odd. I mean, yeah. it could be bigger because when you think of the number of people who have found in hashes, they could all jump on the bandwagon if they wanted to. But the idea basically was to recognise and reward. Those that have had the creativity to found a hash by giving them <laughs> this honor of actually having a hash founder's hash hat with a specific number in the list. The website is called all one word hash founders hash hash founders hash dot com. And I did run the website at one stage and I gave it to Walt Moore and he's about as usual as a trumpet teapot when it comes to IT stuff. So I don't know whether he's actually done it. He doesn't run it now. He passes it on to people. But I can pick it up for him and keep it. You said you were a documentary maker. Do you have a singing voice yourself? Yeah, yeah, I do hash music. Uh, well, I did hash music. I mean, I sing other stuff as well, but I wrote hash songs. So I've actually got a hash web page, if you like, which has got some hash songs that I actually wrote. So, yeah, Well, what um, is it called? Let's tell them. Terry Meekin, T-E-R-R-Y dot com forward slash hash music. On your terrymeekin.com hash music, which I'll link that from this podcast website. You've right. got songs, more songs, hash songs, YouTube videos. These hash songs are ones that you, you wrote. Correct. All the ones under the hash songs, except for the, the obvious ones like Wild Rover and Whiskey in the Jar and Leaving Liverpool. But 75% of those underneath the list hash songs are the ones which I wrote and played. Yeah. Can you do a couple lines a cappella of I'm hashing down the road? Well, I can do, but I need the Eagles group with me. I am inserting a little clip from terrymeekin.com hash music of one of your songs. Let's have a listen now. Well, I am the Ayatollah, I'm the leader of Iran. I looked inside my mosque one day and saw a hashing band. They said they were from Cheltenham and they said they lost their way. They asked me if I joined them and become the new RA. Well, I am the Ayatollah, but I didn't want them here. They wouldn't join the army and they kept demanding beer. They wouldn't do what they were told, they hashed and ran them up. They caused a revolution and they didn't give a fuck. Shout them hashers, we'll shout them hashers. Winter, summer, spring and autumn too. Cheltenham hashers, we Cheltenham hashers We are a hash, the finest hash that you will ever view We'll Cheltenham hash, we'll have a bash at any trail you know We'll run across your deserts and we'll run across the snow There's more of us than China, we stretch out across the land We are the Cheltenham hashers, we're a happy hashing band Yes, I am the Ayatollah, I'm the leader of Iran I looked inside my mosque one day and saw a hashing man. They said they were from Cheltenham and they said they lost their way. They asked me if I joined them and become the new RA. Cheltenham hashers, we Cheltenham hashers. Winter, summer, spring and autumn too. Cheltenham hashers, we Cheltenham hashers. We are a hash, the finest hash that you will ever view.
And there you go. There's a Lord Deep Throat hash song original. I've always done things my way <laughs> a little bit. So I think that the anarchist men only hash, which I think, I don't know. I never went over to see the guy. I believe there's a guy probably similar to myself in New York, the Robinson hash. You know, I think that they are probably similar to the men only hash in the UK. Yeah, they don't have a circle. They have several events every year that they open up and allow women to attend. They have one that's next weekend called Co-Motion by the Ocean. They don't have a circle. So I run their circle at the end of the weekend. Yeah. They, and But they run 1017 on Saturday morning. Mr. Jackson, Elephant Dick, GI, there's several of them been hashing for as long as you have. And I think hash. from what I can pick up, although I've never been there, the Runson hash is probably mirrors, although it was, I never knew about it, mirrors the philosophy to some extent of the men-only hash that I started in Cheltenham and Gloucester. Mm -hmm. Minus the songs. They don't sing and don't have a circle. We don't have a circle. Ah. We do sing, but then we're not boring farts like them New Yorkers look. <laughs> I'll make sure they hear this and have a chance to rebut. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, it's all right because I mean they're all woke over there nowadays. You can't see anything without getting arrested or fucking ready, ready to pull up in court. You know, you all got to get down on one knee nowadays. We can start bloody running. <laughs> Last year at Rumson, they called their co-motion by the ocean, co-vidmo, had a very small physically distanced event, but they didn't miss it. They kept it going, even though they were pretty much on lockdown. That's a great group of people. Good for them, because, I mean, I, I like anybody that kicks a bloody bucket over, because anybody tells me I can't do something, that's the first thing I bloody do. That's your vicarious experience with U.S. hashing. You're on the Hash L mailing list, which is a worldwide small community. Do you know when you got started doing that, or have you been doing that a while? I'm on the list, yeah, I'm on the list. If you want to give Rumson Hash some shit for being like they are, you can poke Mr. Jackson there, yeah. Well, I know, I, I, well, I'd rather not, because, I mean, I'm not transsexual, but, I mean, the point of it is... <laughs> Is, is that I, I just let those guys sort of get on with it, really, because, I mean, let's face it, they're sort of like third-generation Britons, really, or fifth-generation Britons, because after the Boston Tea Party, when we left, we sort of left a sort of like a, a rear guard behind, and I guess Mr. Jackson's probably one of those guys who's a sort of um, a, a, a secret Brit in the heart, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay, I will make sure they play this podcast next weekend at the event, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, he's all right. I, mean, I don't even think he's... I mean, he's like me, look. He's not even alive. We're both ghosts. We're speaking over the bloody... We're speaking over the internet. Ether internet. You know, we're all... We've got wings, really. <laughs> We've both been dead for 20 bloody years. <laughs> yeah. Rumson Hash has a Deadpool because they are a pretty aged hash for a lot of their members. So there's always a Deadpool for who's going to die next from Rumson Hash. <laughs> Well, the point about it is, you see, the thing about it is the Rumsons, they don't, they, from what I can understand anyway, they don't actually get rid of anybody. So there's a lot of dead bodies that never start, you know, when the run starts, and say there's 20 people in the, uh, in, at the start, only five people run around the bloody hash, and the other 15 stand still, and they come back and put them back in the box, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate, I think. <laughs> what have you seen... The changes in the hash, and what do you think about the future of the hash? Well, to be quite honest with you, I thought um, Hazuki, in his last hash L... Hazukashi. 
Yeah, we call it Alzuki because, you know, it's, it sounds like a motorbike. But the point <laughs> about it is, is that in his last email out to people, he was a bit reflective because he's usually all up for it. You know, there's a hash up on the sides of the north slope of Everest and maybe on this side of Mars and anybody can get there. And he goes everywhere. I don't think he must have a, he must have a very good pension from the very government because he's always on a goddamn plane. But anyway, he was quite right when he said that Ashen is dying, as indeed most hashes are to some extent, because there's so much crap in the world nowadays. When we first all started up, there was none of this. The future that we're in now was never envisaged when the majority of people started in the 80s and, and that, when a lot of the long-term hashes were on. You know, people are falling off the cliff. Individuals are, are moving on, they're getting aged, and it's only the real die-hard hashers who, who still go out and do the same thing. And I think it's, well, in my particular case, it's moving into the more, the old comrades. You remember the war, shit round chats, you know, and we did this oh. and we did that and a few beers. And we might have a hash between different pubs, which is more of a sociable go out. But there's very few people who actually physically run nowadays, oh. anyway, of my oak. We've actually implemented at the inner hashes now an old fart circle so we make sure there's an area with beer and chairs and not overwhelming noise from the music at big events we always have an old farts area well, I, I don't i don't mind the noise and to be quite honest with you most hatches that i know nowadays have split themselves into walkers and runners mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the way it is i mean the, the point about it the hash is a social device and it's always been a social device for making friends and having a bit of fun and going mad you don't have to run to do that although in those days we used to run because we used to be fit and, and enjoy it but you can still have the comradeship if you like between people without actually having to run you know and as I say you can end up like the, the Rumson house where you've got a lot of wax figures which you carry around <laughs> just don't go out in the sun because the bugger run down your legs or something like that <laughs> there is a paper cut out of several of them and there is a paper Mr. Jackson if he ever can't be there they bring it out that's that is a fact I think it's a little taller than he was so Rumson really should be starting a care home hash really <laughs> people actually get wheeled around rather than if I can run. <laughs> okay, what events or hashes or trails did you set where you thought this is as balls up as it's ever gone? Well, maybe when we went out to Buddy Road on a plane and some bugger opened the door and said, listen, we've got a, we've got a parachute out of this one. And I thought, not doing that for a start. But we used to have a coconut, which was like, um, I don't know if you've got, you can probably still get them actually. It, it was a face, uh, you know, one of these little sort of like icon things, you know, you, it's a coconut with a face on it. And we used to call it Trevor, uh, from Trevor Wilson, from the old Castaway film with uh, with Tom Hanks. And that used to be the hash mascot. And we used to put it on the bus seat when we went abroad, and, and, and Trevor was really good, but... The trouble is somebody had to carry Trevor, the coconut face, around with them all the time, and they usually get fed up with it. And one day, the the holder or the, the, the carer of Trevor kicked it in the bloody canal, and we've never seen it since. So, <laughs> and Trevor actually had his own T-shirt and everything. You know, he was hash number one. In fact, when we went to Hungary on a, on a trip, we actually we got a Trevorette, a female version as well. <laughs> um, and uh, no, they're both nuts, but you kind of... <laughs> You can't have two nuts together in a wedding unless you're, you know, unless you're on the trans side of things, you know, and that's the, the walk again now. Yeah, I'm glad I got that recorded. We don't want to forget <laughs> the Trevor story. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's good luck. Yeah, that you've never gotten any trouble 
What about red dresses? No, we don't do that, not because I, I, I'm always a bit suspicious of men who wear red dresses. I must admit, it's never been in my, never been in my scene at all. I mean, a lot of people get too enthusiastic about that, for my liking, with the high heels and the bloody handbags. I, I'm afraid I'm at the back. I don't want them running behind me. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, and your songwriting days over? I'm still doing that. I might even do a, a Matthew Klienski um, <laughs> run. I've had to spell the goddamn name. I must ring with something, rhyme with something. I might do something like that, you know, the, the hash historian. But uh, you'd be better hurry up because you'd be the only, you'd be the last man standing the way everybody's really moving up the ladder. Like we're all getting pushed off the very pirates of the Caribbean hash <laughs> ladder, you know. Yours next. After you, no, after you. <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff. I would show you for it, mine. American Express will do. <laughs> Who the hell is going to listen to a thousand interviews? You know, you might as well put it in the archive as a bloody, as sort of, in, in the American Smithsonian, though you caught it over there. We caught the British Museum over here, cause, but then, you know, we had it before you did. But, you know, <laughs> Smithsonian, because you're in Canada. Canada is a colony of America, isn't it? It's just over the border, really. Let me ask you one more question. Yeah. One, deep throat, one final question. Is the RA or GM always right? Well, not nowadays, because you can be left or right. There is no left or You can't be right or left. You've got to be sort of like gender neutral, I mean, you nowadays, you know? All this woke <laughs> shite. So, anyway, you shouldn't have an RA or a GM. The plebs should run the hash. That's why we have a non-GM. All the GMs in our hash are the members. Is the non-GM always right? Is the non-GM always right? I mean, it's a trick question. When did you start feeding your wife? <laughs> you know, it's a stupid question, really. I mean, you should get another job instead of pushing around with it, trying to do this. Yes, <laughs> the non-GM is always right, when he's n except for when he's not. There you go. How about that for a politician's answer? <laughs> That's perfect. Well, that was fun. I want to thank Lord Deep Throat for coming on the podcast today. This is the On On Podcast. Hash your memories, hash your stories, and hash your voices. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. Until next time, On On, this is Ra. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet